0: This is Business by the Bay, here to discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions. Your host, Ajay Sani.
1: Good morning and welcome everyone to Business by the Bay, where we talk to successful business leaders and discuss various challenges businesses face and also the solutions that worked for them. I am Ajay Sani and today's show is sponsored by Payroll Vault. It is a boutique-style local payroll service provider for small businesses. Payroll Vault fully handles the payroll tasks and take over complex payroll activity from the business owners, and they are also helping qualified businesses to get employee retention tax credit (ERC). The credit is up to $5,000 per employee for 2020, and up to $7,000 per employee per quarter for the first three quarters of 2021. So there is still time to apply for ERC. For details, please call Payroll Vault at 925-273-7020. Today, I'm very excited to have with me, Moni Nop, who immigrated to the U.S., having escaped the killing fields of Cambodia with his family at the age of six and he became a police officer and served in Livermore for 17 years before retiring from the force to establish his own real estate office. He co-founded East Bay Entrepreneur Circle, focused on helping businesses turn their passion into profits and is co-founder of Tri-Valley Nonprofit Alliance, focused on nonprofits collaborating and sharing resources. Moni is also a children's book author. A candidate for the next mayor of Livermore in 2022, and is known as the Giving Back Realtor. For that, he has been featured in CBS early show ABC Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and he has been awarded the Good Neighbors Award from Bay East Association of Realtors and National Association of Realtors, and in 2018, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Legacy Award. Simone, good morning. How are you doing today?
0: Well, good morning, uh, AJ. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you, uh, Payroll Vault, for sponsoring this event. I'm a client, and I think they do an amazing, amazing job. Um, I love love working uh, with them, so thank you.
1: So, Moni, uh, there is so much to talk today, <laughs> yes. and we need to you know, compact everything within 30 minutes, so let's uh, jump into it. You know, a successful business is primarily about solving problems and removing pain points, and you have had an amazing and inspiring journey overcoming various challenges. So would you like to share the early part of your journey? And I mean, how you felt when you were going through those struggles in the initial phase and you went through all that and built a very successful career and became a police officer. So yeah. how
0: was your journey? Yeah, journey has been incredible. Uh, it was difficult at first, mm-hmm. but um, just so grateful for today's life. It's been amazing. So my story began in 1972 when I was born into the slave labor camp uh-huh. during the killing fields of Cambodia. The first six years of my life, I live in a little shack with four stilts above ground with no running water, no electricity and no food. Two million people were slaughtered in Cambodia at the time. Right. So we ate every bugs and animal in order to survive, to be honest with you, and mm-hmm. roots and plants, whatever we could find. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have um, you know probably scars all over my body just from that experience alone. At mm-hmm. the age of six, I walked from Cambodia to Thailand. Amid uh, bombs going off, people getting shot and maimed, just like all the people going through in Ukraine right now. So mm. that I did that as a child, and then uh, end up crossing the border to Thailand and reg- registering to the refugee camps. And in fact, that's where I earned my first American dollar. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so they had so many problems with the rodents. But this is just a camp that just set up, and right. the United Nations said, "Hey, for every five rats you catch, you kill, you catch, you bring them to the table, we'll give you 5 uh, give you a dollar." Uh-huh. So that's how, I, that's how I made my first American dollar,
1: uh-huh. and
0: um, uh, lived uh, four years in refugee camps, end up uh, going to another refugee camps in the Philippines uh-huh. before I became United States of America. And that was in 1983, spent nine months in a tropical forest, uh-huh. find my own food every day by uh, shooting fish, shrimp, and eel, and mm-hmm. find the firework, uh, the firewoods come back home and cook for the family. And sometimes I would uh, climb the mountains at the age of nine, uh, carrying a bag of rice and trade for rice for the jicama or potato with the Filipinos up in the mountains at the age of nine. It's pretty incredible. Um, right. And then came to the United States in 1983, didn't uh-huh. speak a word of English, uh, learned how to ride a girl's bicycle with one pedal,
1: uh-huh. a pink
0: bicycle, uh-huh. and a week later learned how to ride a bigger bicycle, mm-hmm. start dumpster diving for aluminum cans. That's how we began making money in the United States of America. That was in Tempe, Arizona. We lived there for about a year uh-huh. and then moved to Stockton, California. I uh, became a child laborer in the field mm-hmm. uh, with the Mexican Hispanic. Worked all the way to Oregon as a child. Uh-huh. My father became a uh, gambling alcoholic, okay. domestic violence is a way of life. I live in the ghetto of Stockton. My mother had six months of education. So mm. in order to survive, I had to figure out how do I do this because my parents pretty much abandoned us. Right. So. I learned how to forge my dad's signatures at, the, at a young age and forge my dad's signatures all the way through school and um, convince uh, my sixth grade teacher three years later that I met mm-hmm. that I was actually older. She moved me up in four grades. Uh-huh. I graduated early from high school and I want to become a police officer. Wow! And, but I couldn't, I didn't know that I had to take a written test mm. and English was my second language. It was so difficult. Mm-hmm. So I kept trying for four years, AJ. Oh. Four long years. Finally passed it by three points, got on police academy. Right before I graduated, I became a reserve officer. Mm-hmm. But right before I graduated, I also got accused of a drive-by shooting suspect wrongly. Oh. Had to clear my name on December fourth, 1995. Livermore Police Department hired me. Wow. That was the most ex- significant day of my life because it's the day that changed the trajectory of my life and the life of my family. So that's how I came to it. And then I served for 17 years. Mm-hmm. I've done... You know, I taught in a school. I was a, a detective for a little bit. I worked undercover for a little bit. In fact, my first assignment was buying drugs uh-huh. in, the, in in Oakland. Okay. It was crazy, dressing up as a bad guy and just go uh-huh. out there and buy drugs. It was one of the scariest decisions or, or, or days of my life. Uh-huh. But I, I did that for um, 17 years, and I left 10 years ago to do real estate. And wow. I just fell in love with it um, one day when I got hurt on a job. And here I am, and uh, 10 years plus later, love it, and selling a lot of homes in the process. And uh, working in the community at the same time. So
1: what was the motivation for you to move into real estate?
0: Yeah, thank you, AJ. My motivation was that, you know, first of all, I got hurt uh, on the job on, in 2007. Okay. I was putting a rifle away after working a long night, uh-huh. a cold night, and my my back just locked up. I had a back spasm. Okay. So they had to literally carry me out of a police car and put me in an ambulance. So I got stuck in... I, I, you know, I went, went to the hospital, stayed there for a few hours, uh, was stuck at home for about a uh, few days.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I kept thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do? My body's not going to last. I'm not a big guy. I'm five six, 150 pounds at a time. Uh-huh. I said, there's no way I'm going to make it. Right. So I, I met a few friends in the process, and they said, hey, you like people? Uh-huh. You like real estate? Why don't you get your real estate license? Mm-hmm. And I did four uh-huh. months later uh-huh. and uh, fell in love with it sold three to five homes every year until uh-huh. the, my fourth and fifth year, I was selling five to 10 homes per year. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna do this.
1: Right, it right. was on
0: my 17th year. And you know, a lot of times in business, uh-huh. on the 17th years when people decide, you know what? I don't wanna do this anymore, I'm right, tired. Right. I was bored with my work. There was not any opportunity for promotional growth. Um, uh-huh. I was on promotional list a couple of times. And because of how outspoken I was uh-huh. against how things were done, uh-huh. I would never get promoted. Right. So I said, you know what? Let's take a chance on it. I said, here's what I told myself. If I love what I do so much, uh-huh. right, and I use some dumpster dive, and I'm willing to work seven days a week or actually eight days a week, people go, how do you get eight days a week when it's only seven? Well, most people are willing to sleep six. I'm willing to sleep four just to make an extra two hours per day just to make up an extra day of work, right? Right, right. So I said, I'm willing to do that. And then if I fail, nonprofits would feed me. How can I fail when I, some, when I love something so much? So mm-hmm. I quit my job, and I became a realtor full time. And the first year, I sold 27 homes. I've been selling about 30 homes every year since. Wow. Yeah.
1: When it comes to selling homes, like, it's... A very uh, you know competitive market and uh, I'll tell you why because a lot of times there is like a wrong impression especially in today's uh, environment for the last couple of years it's like a seller's market homes when they come on the market they are sold like you know just crazy very fast sometimes people think oh I mean the job of a realtor is very easy anyway what do you do you do uh, there's a listing and it can be sold without even realizing that getting a listing itself requires to be trustworthy. You just cannot get listings by just having a license, a realtor license. You need to work really hard to reach that point and because it's a very competitive space. So what is the key
0: to your success? Thank you. Well, first of all, um, when I think about business, I look at it through the SWOT analysis lens. Meaning that uh-huh. I look at the strength, the weaknesses, and the opportunity, and the threats of my organization. Uh-huh. And one of the things I did a while back, about seven years ago, I hired a, um, a business coach to okay. help me look at, at that lens, right? So, you know, in addition to looking at, when you look at the SWOT analysis, you always look at the opportunities. Like, what are some ways to get business? For example, we do client appreciation, mm-hmm. teacher's basket uh, per month at, at a local school we've been doing for seven years. We're, uh, we have ads at the movie theater. Um, I'm always networking. I'm always uh-huh. teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we sponsor a lot of community events. So mm-hmm. when, and then the, the best one is that we do client appreciation. So every quarter or every six months, at least twice a year, we try to get all our clients together uh-huh. and then do something for them, you know, and pay for the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. And really simply uh, by doing that, just saying thank you, and then that we, t- we let people know that you have many choices. You have a lot of realtors you, you can go to. Right. But when it comes to us, the thing that separates us mm-hmm. is giving back to the community that mm. gives, a, gives you so much. So we sponsor community events. In fact, for example, on the 28th of this month, uh-huh. I'm hosting a nonprofit in my home for 100 people. They're coming uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. We're paying for the whole entire thing, provide a venue, the tables, the chairs, and all that. We take care of everything mm-hmm. so they can say thank you to their volunteer. So when we do that, what mm-hmm. happens? People get to know us and go, oh my God, this is what you do. Is right. You like to give back. You know, just like the teacher's basket thing. We've been yep. doing it for years. We right. give a teachers of the month program every month. And we also cater uh, lunch for the teacher, for entire staff once or twice a year mm-hmm. on us. Or on, yeah. yeah. So when we do that, they go, oh my God, they like, he likes to give back. So therefore, we want to give back to him too. And as a result, I've sold a lot of homes with teachers as a result of that. So very simple thing. But when I look at my life, and then working with my coach, my core value is about giving back to our community. I, I, so that's what separates us and that's how we become known in a community as the giving back realtor.
1: Yeah, I think the best way to gain is by offering others rather than expecting things from others because when we give, we not only create a value by being of help to yeah. others, but also the trust, Factor comes yeah. into play because then people yeah. trust that okay, we are genuinely trying yeah. to help others. Yeah,
0: I, I so truly believe in what you just said because I actually, and my home is the only home in a Tri Valley that I know of that has murals on all three sides of my house. Have one is my life story. Mm-hmm. Two is the uh, the long side of my house has the principle how I live my life, uh-huh. the five principle. And the third one has a Mother Teresa quote on there and mm-hmm. on the, my wall actually. It says, "Do things for other people not because of who they are or what you can expect in return, but because of who you are." Yeah. When you really live that life in that philosophy, man, the return is like ten folds, ten X. Right. It's incredible. It yes. Just, yeah. People just love giving back because they know you're true, they know you're sincere, and more importantly, they know you're genuine. And that's yeah. what it's all about.
1: Exactly. You, know, you have said it in a very good way. Uh, it, it's just about like being of help. Being can of I? Help. What can I do for you? If uh, we have that right. approach, that can go a very long way. Yeah.
0: It works in every industry yes
1: absolutely (laughs) so you are into so many things
0: yes
1: (laughs) and uh, moving on you created uh, you know the East Bay Entrepreneur Circle Mm -hmm. what is this about what do you do there
0: uh, yeah East Bay Entrepreneur Circle um, it was an idea that you know when I think about my life I came from a really impoverished background you know it took Mm -hmm. a lot to be where I am today you know I grew up in such a broken home such a chaotic life that now that I found myself as an adult, it took a long time. Like literally I discovered myself in my late 30s and early 40s, -hmm. right? So, but when I think about it goes, it was so hard to be where I am today. I never forgot where I came from. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always think about the little people, meaning that um, you know, business wasn't always easy, right? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you become a business person from being a police officer of mm-hmm. 17 years and then all of a sudden jump into the business world mm-hmm. and make an ends meet, right? right? So it wasn't easy, but you have to figure out a lot of things along the way, but you never forgot where you came from. So you, what I want to do is I want to help other people to rise, to raise their tide together from the bottom up. So this way, we could raise the tide together. So I found a bunch of friends that mm-hmm. uh, want to have the same mission, desire to help people, and we put this group together. And the idea is to help all entrepreneurs, inspiring entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and said here's some here's some business concepts you should know, mm-hmm. and uh, and also we're the approachable group, we're the giving group, we're the connection group. For you, just in case you want to start a business, and we just hope that in return we help you turn your passion into profit, and then you too can go out in the world and help other two, other people too, as a result of that, of our help. That's what we want to do.
1: Very nice, very yeah, nice. Thank you. So it's like
0: uh, periodic meetings that you host? Once a month, yeah, uh-huh. once a month. In fact, the next month, uh, next meeting, I don't have the date in front of me, but we have a panel, of small three small business owners. How do uh-huh. they make it? Okay, from different uh, di- different sectors of the of the of the business world.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, we as a child, we hear uh, sharing is good, sharing is caring. And essentially, what you just mentioned, it's about sharing. It is. And if we share things, yeah. sometimes people think that this industry is done in this way. That's right. But, like, uh, I was uh, listening to Jay Abraham, one of his podcasts, and he said that, and I'm paraphrasing, he pretty much said that one of the strengths that he has is, that he has worked in different industries and he picks things from one industry, what he learns, and he applies in other industry because in that industry, B, they are not u- utilizing what is done in A because they think oh B is done in this way. That's right. But he has done in A, C, D, yeah. E, and so on. Yeah. So he picks things from other industries and say, okay, yeah. we can do it in this industry too. Absolutely. And it creates magic. I, so, I
0: agree. <laughs> it's it's about, well, first of all, it's thinking of in abundance, right? Uh-huh. And for me, because I work so much in a nonprofit world, you know, um, I combine the nonprofit philosophy with the business philosophy mm-hmm. and principle, and it, it's been magic for me.
1: Right, and uh, you just mentioned giving back to the community. Uh, you are a co-founder of Tri Valley Nonprofit Alliance. Yes. So, what is the idea behind? Yeah,
0: first of all, in order to know the story of the Tri-Valley Nonprofit Alliance, it's located in Livermore, headquartered in Livermore. Uh, one day, eight years ago, I met my co-founder in the elevator, and mm-hmm. we just uh, did an elevator pitch to each other about our nonprofit. And mm-hmm. as a result, we realized that, oh, my gosh, we want to bring all the nonprofits together. Because what we realized was that a lot of resources in the East Bay goes up to Oakland and Hayward and all that side of the hill. Uh-huh. But they didn't think that there's poor people here. We said, no, there's a lot of poor people here, too. Right. You know, so let's help them. So. What we do is we go. Okay, if we were creating an alliance, bringing all the nonprofits together. Then we would know all the needs mm-hmm. and all the services that um, that nonprofit provide outside of the government. That's you know that's what nonprofits step in as they provide service uh, where government cannot or will not uh, willing to do or have the resource to do. Right. So what we want to do is we bring the nonprofits together so to provide them an opportunity to meet, collaborate. And share resources while they strive to complete their missions. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So, for example, we we help people get furniture or. Um, other people go, hey, I need an executive director. Uh, like They could hire, cross-hire, right? Or you say, you know what? I My my organization starts with one employee, now I have 10. Does anybody have an employee handbook that I could just utilize? Okay. Or is there someone in an executive director that I can speak with that's going through what I'm going through right now to, to, to get some help? Uh-huh. And that's what it's all about, is bringing all those resources together. And so we do training. We've done uh, classes on uh, how to fundraise because it's an art, by the way. Learning how to fundraise yes. is an art in itself. Right. So, anyhow, just bringing the nonprofits together just to help each other grow. That's what it's all about. Not in a competitive space, but more of a collaborative space. That's the R- best part about
1: it. Right. So, what's the structure out there? Do you have some meetings? Or yeah, so
0: right now they're, um, I'm no longer on the board. They are meeting once a month, okay. um, they are doing a, a hybrid meeting. But it's uh, meet in, uh, they meet in Livermore at the Bankhead Theatre in downtown Livermore. Okay And uh, you can find us at uh, TVnPA.org as a okay. website and take a look at it. There's a many me- it's a membership organization now. Okay. So there's quite a few members uh, different nonprofits from the East Bay. And just so you know just in this area alone there's over 700 nonprofit organizations. Wow, quite a bit. And nonprofit, by the way, it's how big it is. It's a, in California, it's a 40 billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. One out of 16 people work for a nonprofit organization.
1: Wow, I didn't know about this data yeah. yeah,
0: pretty, you know. <laughs> it's huge. Huge. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, and the thing is that I am I myself part of a couple of non-profit organizations. I see that the non-profit organizations make a huge impact on the lives of people, even small, small things that uh, a person may think you do something uh, for for Christmas, you know, support a family or give a person right to the hospital. It can be life-changing because yeah. if a person yeah. cannot go to the hospital, yeah. may not survive. Yeah. Or, it, you know, get into, uh, you know, severe health issues. Yeah.
0: And, then you know, you know, when you think about it, you know, most of these nonprofit organizations are born out of passion. I'll yeah. give an example. A friend of mine started Culinary Angels, which provide free nutritious meals for cancer patients in the tri-valley. They have a bunch of drivers volunteer to go deliver them, but they also have volunteer to make all the food. Uh-huh. right? So she, was, uh, she did it because she started, uh, because she w- when she went through breast cancer treatment, and uh, she came home so tired, exhausted from the treatment, right? And no one's cooking for her, or she couldn't get the kind of food. Now she provides, as a result, she goes, Oh my God, I want to help other people when they go through it. I want to help other people uh, have the strength to fight this battle because mm-hmm. it's a long battle sometimes. And it's very, very hard on different people. Yeah. So, well, depending uh, on their health status as well at the time, right? right? So, that's what she wants to do. But government won't do that, right? Yeah. But she did it because that's what she went through and her daughter went through and she want to help other people. And that's what the kind of people you get to meet in a nonprofit world. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So selfless. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> the love and the service that you see that uh, they provide, that's amazing. Yes, they do. Yeah. So and thank move. you for your
0: service, by the way, <laughs> working with the Senior Support Services and another organization you're working with. That's amazing. Thank you for giving back as well.
1: Yeah, we all we all should be. We all can do our part, and Absolutely. it's like you know, uh, one plus one uh, usually can be more than two. Rather than uh, you know, we can if we are looking into the islands, we can be very small. But if we join hands and as a community help each other, the result. Is massive
0: yes and so. you live such a full life when you do that so yeah.
1: Yeah. yes talking about like you know doing for the community now you are a mayor candidate for, yes you know for the city of Livermore 2022 mm-hmm. so uh, first of all congratulations and Thank all the you. best yeah uh, what is your vision for uh, the Livermore city
0: yeah my my first of all um, you know when I put my name in a hat it's about leadership and it's all about it's also about representation it mm-hmm. matters you mm-hmm. know you have to have a seat at the table in order to see some changes mm-hmm. so for me my vision is to lead a collaboratively and innovatively by engaging our residents and uniting all of us together to make Livermore the best city that can be in the Tri-Valley mm-hmm. so that's that's my vision for our community um, I've always you know when I, I when I take a look at my leadership style it's always been about being collaborative mm-hmm. bringing people together engaging mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. And, but there's a huge missing voice in my community, the minority group. For example, we have 21% Hispanic, mm-hmm. 12% Asian American, still less than 2% African American today. Mm. But of the 35%, when you look at the city representation, or whether it's in a city council or on city leadership, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of representation. I just think that it's, um, uh, it's time to, uh, to be a part of the process, right. you know, to lead. And, you know, for me... Win and lose, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It's about representation. That yeah. I'm hoping that um, I could be the start and pave the way for someone else like me to say, you know what, mm-hmm. it, because Moni did it, I think we have the opportunity. But I truly believe mm-hmm. that this election, mm-hmm. I have a really good shot at being the mayor of Livermore because there's actually two things about this, uh, this election. Mm-hmm. It's about leadership. Mm-hmm. One was that my opponent had a vision to build affordable housing mm-hmm. in the heart of our city. Mm-hmm. right in the hearts in the downtown that has changed the skyline the beauty and the character of our city for me personally I've lived there for 27 years now I would yeah. I don't want to see that I would rather have a more open space because once we build mm-hmm. it's, it's it's gonna change the, the the whole skyline of beauty and character of our downtown forever yeah so while we still have the time to to, to keep it the way it is and as much open space as possible, why not do it? Yeah. The other one is that I asked a question, you know, my opponent's been at it for 15 plus years already being a mayor and also city council. But now he's coming back to run again. Mm-hmm. So the question is, which leader do you want to see represent us into the future? Right. I believe I connect all the dots mm-hmm. from the young to the old, to the technology, to the people, to the people's skill, to an engagement, to bringing all people together and engage and ask them to participate in a process, which I don't see quite often in today's uh, po- political world. Right. And I like to see that change.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I love downtown Livermore, the, the feel for it, mm-hmm. in terms of like, even during the COVID time, when things were, when things were closed, it was very nice to uh, see outdoor seating area. It it gave like you know yeah. life into like the time that we were coming out of shelter in place uh, kind of a yeah and environment. And we're still in right? pandemics today, yes. right? The yeah. more
0: open space, the better, right? Right. But well, one of the greatest thing that Liv- when you ask people in Livermore, they said, "What do you love about Livermore?" Mm-hmm. You know, over seventy percent, about eighty percent of the people said. I love the small town feel. Well, yeah. you put buildings there and there's not enough space to gather and connect and belong, right? Yeah. How is that a small town feel? To me, I would like to keep that small town feel because connection to another human being and a connection to each other opens a door to helping each other even more. I just think that that's what the heartbeat of Little More is all about. It's yeah. the small town feel and the connection to each other.
1: Yeah. No. Right. So all the best. Uh, thank you. Be yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I am um, looking forward uh, to the to the you know this whole uh, campaign and everything.
0: I can't wait. You know, yeah. I'm excited yeah. because now I've done it twice. This is my uh-huh. second time doing it. Uh-huh. I, I think I know what I'm doing. Right. But I have a lot of good people around me, and I have a lot of support from um, other uh, former city council members and mayor. I think that uh, I think we have a really good shot this time. Awesome. And, awesome. and it's actually an actual issue that I'm different from the mayor. That I think that. The question is, which leaders' vision do you want to follow? Right. The one that want to build and congest the whole downtown? Or do you want someone who actually take a look at all the legal alternatives and relocate it somewhere else and possibly add more affordable housing units as well as yep. a result? Mm-hmm. What if we do it just for teachers? You know, yep. add some unit specifically for teachers. I think it would be a, a great because they're one of the greatest assets that we have in our own community.
1: Very good. We are almost towards the end of the show. Simone, if you are in front of... A group of business owners mm-hmm. and you just have to pick like maybe one or two max yeah suggestions yeah. so that they can be successful mm-hmm. what would you tell
0: them so number one I just think that to me one of the greatest thing you could do is hire yourself a business coach mm-hmm. because you know they t- they look at they help you look at it from a different lens as uh-huh. a business from mm-hmm. an overall perspective because you've never been good at that by yourself so that's one of the things I would do two mm-hmm. is when you start a business always think and look at what's your mission and what's the core values your, of your company mm-hmm. you know my mission is not to be the number one uh, real estate company in a tri-valley but rather to be the most respected the most professional and the most well-known mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. what we want to do but the core values are our business is about giving back mm-hmm. you know uh, delivering wild service um, operating with integrity and then growing leaders in the industry because we need so much of, of leaders in this industry who are honest who are faithful, who are uh, into people, uh, helping people first, rather than help themselves in their pocketbook. I don't want that. I want to grow leaders uh, that not only have those values, but also they want to expand their mind and knowledge. So this way, uh, um, when you have, you know, your mind is expanded, your knowledge expanded, you could connect with people, connection leads to trust, trust leads to business. And the third third and final point I I really want to make a point is that hire the right people, Mm -hmm. A players, Take the time to do it, but hire the A players. Mm-hmm. A players mean that if you want to give them, you know, if you hire the right people, you give them one, two, three to do. Mm-hmm. They said, you know what, AJ, you know, if you, do, if you switch the uh, operation three, one, and two, it'll be better. And they said, you know what, I have extra time. I'm going to do four, five, and six as well without even asking. Right. And those are the people who's going to take your business to the next level. But you also have to build a culture to um, empower them to do so as well.
1: Right. Very good. So money if- Anyone wants to reach you, what is the best way to contact you?
0: Yeah, call, uh, look me up on online, uh, Moni Knop uh-huh. um, and you'll find my phone number, my email, or just give me a call, 925-575-1602. Love to have a, a conversation with you. Love to have in-depth conversation about the uh, depth and breadth and value and the journey of life more, more than anything else. And giving, of course.
1: Great, Moni. It has been a pleasure talking to you. You have covered so much uh, in this last half an hour. Uh, Really, I want to thank you for your time today.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. I um, I appreciate the opportunity to share my story, my life, and my business philosophy with with your role and audience as well. Thank you so much. So
1: listeners, thank you for joining us on Business by the Bay today. The show was brought to you by Payroll Vault. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You can find the recording of this show on our website, businessbythebay.live. Please feel free to contact us in case you have any questions for our featured guest or want to become a featured guest. You may send us an email at info at Take care and have a wonderful weekend.
0: Business by the Bay with your host Ajay Sani. Join us next time as we discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions.